Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, it's 18 August, 2019. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see, here we have some guests that are visiting. Tom and Sherry Schlitt from Evansville, Indiana, and their friend Tammy. They're all visiting today, and we welcome you. Uh, make the effort coming all the way down here to live in paradise with us. And we have a uh, uh, little thing that happened this week that I don't ever remember happening in my life, is for the past 10 days, we have had almost no sun at all. Yeah. Almost no sun. It's rained every single day, sometimes all day, every day. Uh, Jennifer, who's not here today, shame on her, has the week off. And she said on Facebook, she made a post that, you know, I, I take my week off and here it's rained every single day. And then, of course, my daughter came down. She's sitting in the back here and she's visiting and it's been raining all week long. So what does she do? She's down in Key West where it's sunny and bright. So good job there. She came back last night. What time did you get home? 2.30. They left way late and they drove all night to get here and here she is in church. So there you go. And she brought her friend, a girl that I know uh, since she was about this big as Andrea. And I can tell you, when you meet Andrea, when you we meet at halftime, uh, you're going to meet a person that never, ever missed a three-pointer in high school. She was the, I would go to watch the games. I'm not a sport person at all, but I would go to watch her and she never missed a three-pointer. She could do it all day long with any pressure around her, 50 kids, you know, going, and she just up it would go and, and I'm telling you, marvelous. So it's w wonderful to have you here as well. And then I have um, a bandana on today from Arlene. It came yesterday in the mail. And I don't know why she would have it arrive yesterday, Saturday late, but it came uh, apparently for some reason. Uh, and then I might as well show you this. I got a, uh, a uh, another set of guns. These are lethal here. Uh, uh, Jay gave them to me when he walked in today. And I have not only the rubber band gun that I showed you a week or so ago, but I have got a Nerf gun, which I can shoot at my chihuahuas. And I've got, I got two of them in case my son wants to come over and shoot them with me. So there you go. Thank you, Jay, very much for that. I'm, I'm getting a whole gun collection. I can't kill anything with it, but, you know, that's pretty wonderful. So there you go. What's that? Flies you could kill flies with that, squash them on the wall or something. So, All right, our first category, as always, is Israel. And so from N Globes, Goldman Sachs' unstoppable shekel continuing to gain. The shekel is just gaining and gaining and gaining in strength, which is not surprising. Goldman Sachs has published an in-depth analysis entitled The Unstoppable Shekel, which elaborates on the factors behind the strengthening of the shekel and concludes that the Israeli currency will continue to gain, noting that the shekel is appreciated by 7% against the dollar in 2019. Their analysis outlined some of the reasons for the strengthening of the shekel, including the possibility listing of Israel on the FTSE's flagship World Government Bond Index and foreign currency hedging by institutional bodies. Goldman Sachs estimates that institutional investors in Israel sold foreign currency worth $4.8 billion in the first half of 2019 thus making a huge contribution to the strengthening of the shekel. In 2018, institutional investors purchased $7.6 billion worth of shekels. They also cite the strong growth in the Israeli economy, 5.2% in the first quarter on an annualized basis, the 3% GDP current account surplus, and the 4% GDP of foreign investments. Increased high-tech exports and the fall in the price of oil have also helped the Israeli economy. So going up and up, pretty wonderful. From the Times of Israel, before election, Prime Minister aims for Trump backing for Israel sovereignty at settlements. We've talked about this. They have the settlements which are in Yesha, which is the uh, uh, Judea and Samaria, and we they are 
hoping that Trump will recognize those settlements, not all of Yesha, but just the settlements that are already occupied by the Jews, that where they are living in there, and to say that these are Jewish land and they are not to be taken in any agreement at all. That's what he's hoping for, because that will give him a boost at the election time. So here we go. Prime Minister Netanyahu is seeking a public declaration from President Trump ahead of the September elections backing an Israeli move to extend its sovereignty over Jewish settlements in the West Bank. While Netanyahu cannot himself take the far-reaching diplomatic step of extending Israeli sovereignty to the settlements while he is leading the current caretaker government, the Prime Minister's office is lobbying for public support from Trump for such a move. This would enable Netanyahu to credibly assure right-wing voters that he can and will move quickly to apply sovereignty to the settlements if he is again elected premier. So what he's hoping is that Trump will say, yes, we think that these belong to the Jews and they're not to be taken out, and then he can't do it now because he's only an interim prime minister because of the government, but when he becomes the elected prime minister, he can then say, Trump has recognized it, so we're going to take the same action. That's the hope there. It says, um, if issued such a, a declaration by Trump would mark the third far-reaching diplomatic shift by the White House in under two years, after Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital in 2017 and moved its embassy there and recognized Israeli control over the Golan Heights earlier this year, shortly before the previous elections, settler leaders said they would welcome a Trump statement to that effect even if it applied only to settlements rather than more of the entire West Bank territory, which Fakistinians see as the core of their future state. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Trump would do this. He's already put his neck out for him twice. The world got all upset for a couple minutes, and then they let it go. It, it, the decision is made. There's nothing they can do about it. I would personally like to see it happen, but what I'd like to see him do is say they have sovereignty over all of Judea and Samaria, all of the West Bank, all of it. And I doubt that'll happen, but I would like to see that personally. From the Free Beacon, Europe poised to put warning labels on Jewish-made products. We saw this with Canada wine last week. The EU is poised to mandate that Israeli products made in contested territories carry consumer warning labels, a decision that could trigger American anti-boycott laws and open up what legal experts describe as Pandora's box of litigation. We have laws that say that if you recognize uh, BDS in one way or another, then we will put restraints on you. And that would include the EU. So they'd be shooting themselves in the foot twice, one by harming Israel, which is, you know, just a stupid thing to do when they are such a powerhouse at this point, and then two, they would be harming themselves in a relationship with us. Personally, I don't care. Europe can do whatever it wants. I'd like to see the Brexit happen. We'll see if it's going to, but if it happens, they're going to have problems in England, no doubt about it, but we are talking about making that agreement with them, free trade between England and America, and if that comes out, then we'll be helping each other, and Europe can go do whatever it wants to do. Um, for anybody living in Europe that watches this Prophecy Update, I love you individually, but I'm not happy with the EU policies at all. Okay, from Ynet, Israel Navy leads an international drill for major earthquake and tsunami. They're leading this uh, naval drill. Israel's Navy has been training for a massive earthquake and ensuing tsunami that would lay waste to much of the country's infrastructure and cause tens of thousands of casualties in a multinational drill involving 11 countries, and Israel was the head of this drill. There's a significant earthquake in the region every 100 years, and the last one occurred in 1927, so they're due. It's going to be, you know, if they have one, it's probably going to come in the next 10 or 15 years because it's been very consistent about every 100 years. This is the largest international exercise the Israeli Navy has led to date. The drill practiced for a humanitarian crisis sparked by a 7.0 Tembler and subsequent huge tsunami hitting the coastal plain of Israel. Troops trained to quickly assess the damage and select a port to bring in assistance as the maritime gateway to the country. The navies of Greece, France, and the United States participated in the main exercise at Haifa port, while other countries, including Germany, Italy, Canada, Chile, and Cyprus, focused on coordinating real-time assistance and providing info based on their own experiences. 
as two of its neighbors, Syria and Lebanon, are enemies' states, and assuming that Egypt and Jordan would be hit by such an earthquake, Israel would, in fact, essentially become an island in such a catastrophic event. At such, most of the international aid would arrive by sea, and only a minority of the assistance would be delivered by air. So they're getting ready for that. We'll see what happens if one comes about. But we know a big earthquake is coming to Israel at some point, according to the Bible. But for now, at least they're preparing for it. Christian news today. Uh, I suppose before I get into the first article, uh, you know, you're on Facebook and you're reading stuff and people always propose religious questions, specifically to Christians. I mean, you'll see somebody, are tattoos okay? And you, the amount of crummy theology that comes out of posts like that is astonishing. This morning I saw it again, are tattoos okay? And you see people posting opinion, 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 with nothing to back it up, okay? There's nothing about scripture in there. They're just giving their opinions. Or if they cite uh, scripture, what do they do? Because tattoos are mentioned how many times in the Bible? Anybody? Anybody? One time, exactly. Very good. How'd you know that? Okay, so I don't know. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. Anyway, okay, so um, uh, they're mentioned once in the Bible, and it's in Leviticus, I think, eighteen, nineteen, or something, right, right in that area, eighteen or nineteen. Okay, and they cite that, and they say, "Don't make a tattoo." Okay, does anybody know the problem with that? It's the law of Moses. That's right. We're taking it out of context. It's the law of Moses, and the law of Moses is annulled. It's set aside. It's obsolete. It says that explicitly in the book of Hebrews. It's nailed to the cross. The law is over. Okay, but if you even take it within the context of Leviticus, there are certain things in there that no Christian would say you can't do today, and they're right in the same paragraph as that. So people don't know their Bible, and they give opinions. Now, the reason why I brought that up is because of the second one that I saw, and it was the second question that somebody proposed. You want to talk about bad theology? Here it is. Should Christians drink alcohol? I can't tell you how many people answered that with answers that have nothing to do with Scripture. Here's, here was my favorite one. I wrote it down. Pray to the Holy Spirit and he will reveal it to you. Does anybody know what the problem with that is? He has revealed it to us. We don't pray about things that the Lord has already told us in his word. This is where we get our doctrine from. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because on that, there were more confused posts. And being the instigator that I am, I went and I said, where is that in the Bible? Where is that? Quote scripture. And, you know, so I'm sure I'm going to get 10,000 posts back saying, well, you know, back up your theology with something. Because if you just say, yes, it's okay to drink alcohol, then you ought to be able to tell why you say that. If you say, no, it's not okay to drink alcohol, then you need to be able to say why you say that. Or if you give anything in between, at least be able to defend your faith. And the reason why I'm saying that is because just like that, Prophecy Update people tend to watch 15,327 Prophecy Updates a week, and they don't know their Bible at all. And every time I say this, I get somebody that actually does it, and they email me a year later, and they say, that is the best thing I ever did. Start watching the Superior Word sermons. Start with Genesis 1-1, and right now we're going in uh, Numbers 27. There's uh, probably 250 sermons. It'll take you a while to get through them. But you will have both Old and New Testament theology because we talk about the new every single sermon. And you will, one, learn theology, and two, you will learn how to defend your theology. But do not make posts when you can't support it. If it's your opinion, it means nothing, okay? That's my lesson for today. That's my plug for these sermons. And if you're not going to watch the Superior Word sermons, at least start going to church and watching a sermon in a church where they actually open the Bible, they read the Bible, and they explain what the Bible is saying in context. Go to a dispensational church, because if you're not going to a dispensational church, you are not getting the Bible in context, okay? All right. First article from Christian News Today, Mail Online. Arche no, I'm not going to answer that question. Can Christians drink alcohol or should they or however it was proposed? <laughs> Go read your Bible and find out for yourself. Or if you want, email me and I'll send you my paper on it. But I'm not just going to give you a short answer on that, okay? It takes a while to defend yourself when you say something like that. Okay, Mail Online. Archaeologists in Jerusalem unearthed 2,600-year-old artifacts including arrowheads and gold jewelry at Mount Zion and discovery hailed as evidence of the historical conquest of the city 
by Babylon. They already have some of this. They have found more. Once again, the rocks cry out proving scripture. Discovery comes from the 2019 season of Mount Zion Archaeological Project. Researchers found burnt wood and ash potsherds and Scythian arrowheads. They also found gold and silver period jewelry thought to be earrings or a tassel. The experts say that the find points to the Babylonian conquest of 587 to 586 BC. They're finding this stuff again and again and again, confirming scripture. We have a sure word, but you will not know that unless you actually read your word because there are 10 billion videos on YouTube and people will say, well, I saw it on YouTube. It must be true. <laughs> That's the worst place on the planet to get your information is from YouTube, especially when you're talking about things that are religious in nature. And I'm talking about Christian, you know, our faith. People can say anything. Read your Bible, know your Bible, go to a good church where they're going to give you good theology, or start attending the Superior Word. We've got online right now people attending. We love all of you out there. Anyway, please do that. This is how you increase your faith. This is how you are established in your faith, and you don't waffle when you are challenged through cancer or the death of a friend or something like that. You will be grounded, and you will understand, I'm heartbroken I miss this person, but I understand why these things happen, because the Lord tells you all of these things in Scripture. From Relevant Magazine, this has been out all over the Internet. Probably everybody has heard it, but if you haven't, I'm still going to repeat it. You'll probably hear it on a couple other updates as well. Hillsong songwriter Marty Sampson says he's losing his Christian faith. This is exactly exactly why I just said what I did about answering goofy posts on Facebook and about knowing theology. Samson is a prolific worship music writer, writing and co-writing songs for Hillsong Worship, Hillsong United, Delirious, and Young and Free. Originally from Sydney, he first started leading worship with Hillsong in the late 1990s, though it's been years since he has written music for them. However, this weekend, Samson took to Instagram to inform his followers that I'm genuinely losing my faith. This is a soapbox moment, so here I go. And then he's very convoluted in his thoughts. I cut a lot of them out, but I'll just give you some of them. How many preachers fall? Many. No one talks about it. Well, we do in our Bible classes. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Well, we do in our Bible classes. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. I can tell you that if you watch our sermons, you will understand there's not one contradiction in Scripture. There are things that are hard and that are difficult that you will find a resolution to when you watch our sermons. People say, well, this contradicts this in the book of Genesis. Uh-uh. Numbers? Uh-uh. Leviticus? Uh-uh. Exodus? No way. Ruth? Esther? We've gone through all of them. No contradictions. I absolutely assure you. For him to say that shows low theology. I'll talk about that in a minute. He goes on. Uh, let's see here. How can God be love and yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? This guy has very shallow theology. No one talks about it, he says. We talk about it every single week. We talk about it on the Prophecy Update. We talk about it in our sermons. And we talk about it in our Bible studies. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. That is a category mistake. It doesn't matter what Christians are. What matters is what Christ is. You don't base your faith on another Christian or on the attitude of Christians, you base your faith on the reality or untruthfulness of the message, whether it's Buddhism or whether it's Islam or whether it's Christianity. You don't, that's just a stupid thing for him to even say. They can also be some of the most beautiful and loving people in the world. So what? That's irrelevant as well. It's good that they are and that he acknowledged that, but it's irrelevant. But it's not for me. I'm not in anymore. I want genuine truth. Here it is. He's obviously never read this. He's never studied this. All those years in Christianity, he has no idea what this word says. Zero, if he's going to write these things. He goes on, not just the I believe it kind of truth. What does it say in Romans 10? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Science keeps piercing the truth of every religion. Actually, science keeps confirming Christianity. It keeps confirming it. Always. If you go back to the people that actually cared about science in the earlier years, people like Johannes Kepler, what did he say? Science is thinking God's thoughts after him. 
That's what science is. God created everything. It has order, it has structure, it has harmony. And when he went into the scientific disciplines, he said science is thinking God's thoughts after him because science is ordered, it's harmonious, it is logical because that's what God is. Lots of things help people change their lives, not just one version of God. Very, very bad theology. All I know is what's true to me right now. So it's all about him. It's all about him. What's true to me right now, Christianity just seems to me like another religion at this point. If you base your theology on emotions, you will always have bad theology. That's what this is when these people write these songs for Hillsong and all these other people. They base their theology on emotions. You should base your emotions on your theology, and you will always come out right. Always. You will be heartbroken at what Christ Jesus did for you, dying on the cross. If you base your theology on your emotions, you will always, always fail. And that's what he has done. And he's bringing all these people into questioning their own faith, which is shallow because they don't read their Bible. They post stupid answers about drinking alcohol or tattoos on Facebook. Know your Bible. That is the most important thing that you will ever do in your life after coming to Jesus Christ is to become a disciple of of Jesus Christ. Without that, nothing else matters. You'll just be on a sea drifting around. Yes. All of his songs. Yeah, that's right. Listen, they're not very Their songs are not theologically that's right. They're they're lacking theology in their songs and they're lacking theology in their selves. From the Christian Post, Hillsong worship leader clarifies he hasn't renounced faith, but it's on incredibly shaky ground. You want good doctrine? Stop listening to Hillsong and prophecy updates and watch the sermons at the Superior Word. And I wish somebody would email that guy and say, you want to get your faith back online? Watch the Superior Word. We will get his faith back directed properly, not emotionally based, but based on the Word of God, based on logic, and based on what is proper and sound in the truth. Somebody please email this guy. I'm not going to do it because then it makes it look like I want him to come to me and I'm not going to do that. But somebody else says, hey, this guy, you need help with your theology? Watch the Superior Word Bible study on Thursday night. You'll learn something. Okay, from the Hill. Dope Francis cautions against nationalism, says recent political rhetoric has echoed Hitler in 1934. Dope Francis said he was concerned about recent political rhetoric, cautioning against nationalism, and saying that the recent political speeches he's heard resemble those of Hitler in 34. I'm concerned because we hear speeches that resemble those of Hitler, he says it again, he told the Italian outlet La Stampa. Us first, we, we, we. These are frightening thoughts. This guy is a communist. He is a globalist, and he is going to be a part of the destruction of this world because of his stands. The Pope's comments come after Italian Deputy Prime Minister Salvini called for the parliament to be dissolved and asked President Mattarella, I guess is his name, to institute snap elections in an attempt to push the country's government further right politically. The paper noted that Salvini has drawn comparisons to President Trump for his rhetoric saying Italy should be put first and that the country should crack down on immigration. This is what the president is saying. He's right. And this guy is saying, don't do this. And he is going to bring destruction to Europe in particular, but the rest of the world as well, right out of the book of Revelation. Francis said that migrants should be integrated into society and that nationalism is an attitude of isolation. It is true that migrants should be integrated into society, not overwhelm society. There is a giant difference between the two. When you overwhelm a society and then you don't integrate, that is against the will of God as is outlined in scripture. You will find that if you read this book. We do not overwhelm societies the way that he is proposing. You move in. It's called a takeover. A takeover, that's right. And it is a political agenda. It is the left that is trying to do this to destroy the bastions of freedom in this world so that they can have their one world government, which is what this man wants. He wants this world destroyed. He wants a utopian world which will not come about until Christ sits on the throne and rules from Jerusalem. That will not happen. All right. He previously had spoken out against what he sees as a rising tide of nationalist views. Last month, he said no one is exempt from helping migrants. Well, if they come in here legally, then we will help them. If they come in here illegally, that means they are illegal, and therefore they need to face the consequences of their actions by being de 
deported. That is what the law demands from the Christian Post. Turkish president oversees laying a foundation stone for, anybody read this article? Nation's first new church since 1923. Yeah. In a ceremony in Istanbul, Erdogan celebrated the beginning of construction for the new church, which will serve the local Syria Christian community and will be the first new church built in Turkey since the nation became a republic in 1923. In his remarks at the ceremony, Erdogan championed tolerance for minority communities in the Muslim-majority nation, declaring this country, this state, belongs to everyone. Listen to his next statement. Anyone who is affection for, contributes to, and is loyal to Turkey is a first-class citizen. Totally contradicting what the dope said in that last article. He is a nationalist. He believes in the sovereignty of Turkey. And he says that, let me read it again has affection for, and I'll insert the United States instead of Turkey here, okay? Anyone who has affection for, contributes to, and is loyal to the United States is a first-class citizen. These people coming over the border are not. They have no loyalty to it, nor do they wish to have loyalty to it. I agree with them in that statement. There are no barriers to anyone in politics, trade, or any other area. The Syriac Christian community will be paying for the building, which is expected to have a sanctuary with space for approximately 700 believers. That's a big church. Good job, Turkey. Islam today. Mail online. Iraqi woman fails Swiss citizenship test after answering, uh, over 200 times despite living there for 20 years and claiming to speak German. There you go. Exactly what we're talking about in the last two articles. 20 years she lived in that. She did not integrate into the society. Over 200 times on her question, she went, uh, she is socially aware, but lacks German language skills, according to local media. Why would you allow her to be a citizen? Why would you do it? It's like in America when we allow people to become citizens that are not qualified to be citizens. My brother married a girl from Laos. Right down the road is where she works. She didn't speak a word of the language. I married them in my backyard. It was the most perfect marriage ever. He didn't speak any Laos. She didn't speak any English. And for eight years, they got along fine. Right? But finally, he said, I want her to be a U.S. citizen. And what did they expect of her? Learn the language. She had to learn the language, and then she took the citizenship test. And then she was given citizenship. And guess what? I can't believe they're still married, even though they're talking to each other. She's mad at me for saying that. Anyway, there you go. Let's see here. Um, Judge ruled she must improve her grasp of German before she can reapply. Good job, Judge. Nine News. Sydney stabbing suspects home raided by police. Did you all hear about the Sydney stabbing? Okay, a man armed with a butcher's knife allegedly killed a woman in Sydney, CBD unit, before stabbing another in the back at a pub and attempting to attack more people before he was pinned to the ground with chairs and a milk crate. Okay? Now, while he was doing this, guess what he was yelling? That's right. He was yelling out, Allah Akbar, right? But... That didn't make most of the news services or the fact that he was in any way a Muslim. Okay, they gave his name, and if you check it out, it's a Turkic name. But they got him, and they had to subdue him with a chair and with a milk crate because they, don't, they can't defend themselves in Australia. Now, if I was the one that had that milk crate over his head, that neck would have been broken. I tell you, he, he stabbed two people. He killed one of them, and he was trying to stab others. That He would not have gotten off the ground, and I'll say that right now. I have no problem saying that. That milk crate would have been the end of him. But we'll go on. Stabbing it says, women. Yeah, stabbing women. Uh, Coward. Heroic members of the public were filmed holding the suspect down outside the CBD hotel using chairs and a milk crate to pin his head. The suspect is reported to be Mert Ney, a 21-year-old Turk. I put in Turk because they wouldn't say that. Police said he acted alone and has terrorist ideologies, but no links to terrorism. They say Ney was unknown to police and had a history of anybody? Mental health. But his police history was unremarkable. Failed to report that he was yelling Allah Akbar, right? That's what I said there, is they didn't even report that in the article or many of the other articles. This is the world that we're living in where they can't call somebody what they are. They can't do it. It's, it's very sad. And Australia has to defend themselves with milk crates. From Zero Hedge, don't go out alone. 
Swedish cop warns women after four rapes in four days. Doesn't feel very safe, exclaimed one Swedish lady following reports of a fourth rape in as many days in the Swedish city of Uppsala. I even bought a self-defense spray yesterday, which I bet you she'll get sued if she uses it. But I'll have it in my hand when I go home myself. If something should happen, you always have to be prepared. And her fears are well-placed. It appears even as the police admit they can't protect everyone, warning women to walk in groups and to think how to behave. These are not isolated incidents as Sweden's rape count has been rising since 2005. Gee, that's when the people started flooding in. It jumped 10% in 2017 alone. Between 2005 and 2017, rapes nearly doubled and sexual molestation incidents more than doubled. From Zero Hedge, hundreds of Germans probed over anti-migrant comments on Facebook. If you make an anti-migrant comment, you can be probed in Germany. We still have the Second Amendment or the First Amendment in this country where we can say what we want. They are probing people for saying, I would like Germany to be Germany. I would like these people to be brought in legally. And they're just saying things like that, and they're being probed for it. Imagine that. What does that mean? It means that you're being probed. <laughs> from BPR, State Department changes definition of anti-Semitism following Omar and Tlaib's engagement. They started being anti-Semitic here a couple months ago. The State Department went and changed it. And guess what? They changed it without telling anybody. And they've been saying things that actually define them as anti-Semites since it was changed. So they are legally, you can call them an anti-Semite, and you can't be charged with any offense because they are in rhetoric, according to the uh, State Department's newly updated definition of anti-Semitism, it seems clear that Democrat representatives Omar and Tlaib are, without a shadow of a doubt, anti-Semites. Updated sometime between May and August of 2019, the State Department's Defining Anti-Semitism webpage now lists drawing comparisons of contemporary Israeli policy to that of the Nazis as one of 11 examples of anti-Semitism. So if you say that the Israel government is like a bunch of Nazis, that is anti-Semitic. And they've been doing that. They've been making these comparisons. So they are, and you can say legally, they are anti-Semites. Which it was obvious before that anyway. So anyway, from the Metro, Boris Johnson. This is a good one. Anybody hear what he said? Boris Johnson refuses to apologize for saying women in burqas look like letterboxes. <laughs> that, that's good. And he won't apologize for it. We got another Trump over there across the uh, pond from Mongolia today. Let's see here. The week says Mongolia, the next global superpower. A stopover in Mongolia by the new U.S. Secretary of Defense during his first foreign trip. This is his first trip overseas. He stops at Mongolia. Taking on the role has prompted questions over Washington's interest in the region. Why do you think that is? Anybody? Near China and Russia. China here, Russia here. Right. right in the middle. That's right. Mongolian leaders have worked hard to distance themselves from Moscow and Beijing. In 2017, Batulga, often described as Mongolia's Trump, was elected to the presidency on a populist and sometimes anti-Chinese platform. All the same, Mongolia remains somewhat hamstrung in its location, more than 90% of its trade going through China. Ulaanbaatar is understood to be seeking alternative trade routes and production methods, including help developing cashmere wool, one of its main exports, into finished products so that it does not have to be shipped to China for processing. Washington looks eager to fill the trade gap left by Mongolia's shift away from Beijing. And President Batuga has expressed similar enthusiasm, hinting that his government is seeking investment from its third neighbors. We're on the other side of the world, and yet we're their third neighbors. The United States seems likely to fulfill this hope as it wages an escalating trade war with China that has seen both countries using investments and in infrastructure to cement their ties with global allies. Great stuff. Third week in a row that Mongolia and the U.S. have been highlighted here, and it's all over the news. From Daniel 12 today, Wired. This is just the name of the article. If you want to read it, it's long. It's very good, but it wasn't something that would be cohesive enough to put on an update. Uh, hackers can turn everyday speakers into acoustic cyber weapons. 
If they can get into your computer, which anybody can, they can take your speakers and they can turn them into a cyber weapon against you. They can play spooky things. They can play things that will are sub-audible and it can cause you to be agitated or go crazy or anything like that. So there is all kinds of stuff going on that they can do turning your speakers against you. Great article. Go read it. From Beta Canada. Researchers are working on a pill for anybody? Loneliness, as studies suggest the condition is worse than obesity. The volunteers at the University of Chicago's Brain Dynamics Lab, all otherwise young and healthy, were tied together by really only one thing, nearly off-the-chart scores on the most widely used scale measuring loneliness. They agreed to be randomly dosed over eight weeks with either pregnenolone, kind of like I'm not alone, no loan, okay? A hormone naturally produced by the body's adrenal gland or a placebo. Two hours after swallowing the assigned tablet, the university's researchers captured and recorded their brain activity while the participants looked at pictures of emotional faces or neutral scenes. Studies in animals suggest that a single injection of this pregnenolone can reduce or normalize an exaggerated threat response in socially isolated lab mice, similar to the kind of hypervigilance lonely people feel that makes them poor at reading and other people's intentions and feelings. The researchers have every hope the drug will work in lonely human brains, too, although they insist the goal is not an attempt to cure loneliness with a pill. But that's what they're doing. They're trying to cure loneliness a with dog. a pill. Get a dog. Hey, that's the best, best advice ever. I'm telling you what. I've got eight of them, and I am never lonely. I mean, there's not a second of the day that I'm lonely. And I could use a lot more. I'll tell you that. If, I, when my, I had two big dogs. I had a big black lab and I had an Australian Shepherd. And they were big dogs. And they both died a couple years ago. And my wife said, um, I said, we need to replace these with more dogs. And she said, okay, well, we'll go get another Chihuahua. And I said, no, no, no. It goes by meat value. Because meat value. This dog is 60 pounds, so we'll go get eight new chihuahuas. That's what I said. She was all for it. And then the next one died, and she's probably 65 pounds. And so I said, we need to get this many chihuahuas. And meat value. That's You need comparable meat value. And you get a lot of happiness out of those chihuahuas. But when they attack, they start at the ankles, and they don't stop until the whole thing is gone. They are brutal. All right, mail online. Yeah, I had to meet a uh, UPS driver a couple days ago, and I, I, I got in the truck and drove down the road so they wouldn't know where the guy was because oh, they just yeah. ate him. I'm, of course I'm kidding. <laughs> Linda takes everything way too seriously. Jones seemed to be taking off on that too today, though. So, Scientists create inch-long robot cockroach lighter than a grain of sand that can withstand the weight of a fully grown man. It's a little thing the size of a cockroach. You can stand on it, and it won't crush it. And here's what it is. The tiny machine measures just 3 centimeters by 1.5 centimeters and weighs less than 0.07 grams. Researchers hope the new gadget could aid future search and rescue missions. Send it in to a building that's collapsed, and this little roach can run around with a camera, ostensibly, and tell you where people are. That's a great idea. Revelation plagues today. CNN. West Nile virus cases rose in the United States in 2018, killing 167 people. Experts say the increase, while small, underscores the need to protect against mosquitoes during the hot summer months. There were 2,647 cases of West Nile virus last year, which is 550 more cases than the year before. The virus's most severe form, neuroinvasive disease, which can cause inflammation in the brain, was also more common last year than in years prior, according to the agency. West Nile virus is the most frequent cause of neuroinvasive disease. The new data also reveals changes in where infections are found. One explanation for the geographic shifts could be that previously impacted regions are better prepared to track and control mosquitoes. Last year, there were just 278 neuroinvasive infections in all of New England and the Mid-Atlantic, whereas that's where it used to always be. Meanwhile, Illinois saw alone 126 cases, while Texas reported 108. In states long impacted by infections, like New York, people likely have greater protective immunity against the disease. So there's good and there's bad with this, but this is not something you want to get. You have a very high probability of not being well and possibly dying. And then from AccuWeather, 
AccuWeather predicts the lowest U.S. corn yield in seven years. I read another article just a day ago, 19 million acres have gone unplanted in the United States this year. But we'll read this article. The latest AccuWeather 2019 crop production analysis predicts a significant decline from last year's corn and soybean yield. AccuWeather analysts predict the corn yield this year will be 13 0.07 billion bushels, a decline of 9.3% from 2018 and 5.8% lower than the latest USDA figures. There would be the lowest yield since 2012, a year of significant drought that saw final corn production numbers plummet to 10.76 billion bushels. AccuWeather's projected soybean yield of 3.9 billion bushels reflects an even greater decline from 2018's final soybean production numbers. It would be a 14.1% drop-off from the final figure of 4.544 billion bushels and the lowest yield since 2013. The upcoming weather is still very important for both crops, though. This is what's important. We're not forecasting horrible weather, but there have been some problem areas in small but important part of the U.S. Corn Belt, including Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana. So, we got to watch it. Things could go bad. The world is heading towards the end times. We're not there yet, but we are heading towards there very quickly. For morality today, from Fox, California middle school teacher draws scrutiny for giving students gender identity cards. Just arbitrarily gave the students gender identity cards. A middle school science teacher in California caused an uproar for giving his, it says his, but it's a her, students, yes, they are calling him, her, in the news now, a gender unicorn sheet that explained gender identity and sexual attraction. Luis Alvarado, who teaches at Denier Middle School in California's San Joaquin Valley, passed out the paper so his, her, students could understand why he, she, uses mix rather than mister. The activity was part of a getting to know each other exercise on the first day of school. He gave a handout discussing gender in his first and second periods. It was not an assignment and students were not required or asked to fill it out. The handout provided by Trans Student Education Resources shows a simple drawing of a unicorn with a chart explaining gender and sex, as well as sexual and emotional attraction. The school's principal happened to be in Alvarado's classroom during his second period and directed him to stop distributing it. Good job for that principal. From the Huffington Post, Illinois governor signs a bill mandating public schools teach LGBTQ LMNOP history. Starting next year, Illinois' public schools will be required by law to include that history in their curriculums. The measure stipulates that students must study the roles and contributions of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in the history of this country and this state, which is zero. There's no major contribution by any of them. The bill also includes similar mandates for African-American history, okay, and that of various other groups, okay and okay, including Polish, Irish, Italian, Hispanic, and Asian Americans. Why don't they just say American people that have excelled and leave it at that? Why don't they just do that? In keeping with the bill's objective of promoting a diverse and inclusive history curriculum, it requires that events related to the forceful removal and illegal deportation of Mexican-American U.S. citizens during the Great Depression be taught as well. Well, I got to tell you something. I never knew that happened. And I would agree. We should teach that. I have no problem with that. Mexican-American United States citizens were deported during the Great Depression. Did you know that? I had no idea. That ought to be taught, just like the Japanese incarceration of U.S. citizens. These are people that were denied their rights. But these other things are absolutely crazy. Washington Times, feds to probe whether Connecticut transgender track stars violated girls' civil rights. Finally, somebody is taking action on this. The USDOE is investigating whether Connecticut's allowance of two transgender athletes to participate in track has violated the civil rights of three of the girls they consistently beat to the finish line. I wonder why they did, right? The Office of Civil Rights under Education Secretary Betsy DeVos has approved a request from a federal complaint filed in Boston to investigate whether Connecticut's non-discrimination policy, which enables students to participate in sports based on their gender preference, is itself discriminatory against girls. Finally, and I hope they do, I hope the U.S. government takes a firm stand on the side of normalcy. From the Christian Post, good news. 
pro-life movie unplanned takes number one spot on Amazon's best sellers <laughs> drama DVDs. Good job. They tried their very best to kill this movie in the United States. It didn't work. They did even better best in Canada and it didn't work. And it, now it's number one on bestseller drama DVDs. Hats off to Pillow Guy. Our other category, I call this Money Troubles. From Zero Hedge, New York City businesses struggling after $15 minimum wage results in layoffs and understaffing. Well, we tried it here and it didn't work, and we tried it there and it didn't work, and we tried it out in the left coast and it didn't work, but we'll make it work in New York City. It doesn't work. Let's see here, it's been over six months since New York City implemented a mandatory $15 minimum wage and businesses are already starting to struggle with the increased labor costs. They're cutting their staff, oh no. They're cutting their hours, oh no. They're shutting down, says Queens Chamber of Commerce president who reports seeing an uptick in small business closures over the past six to nine months. You figure? This dynamic is reflected in a survey reported by The Gothamist, which reveals that New York City restaurants are thriving amid the $15 minimum wage, but acknowledges nearly 50% of respondents to the Hospitality Allowances Survey said they would have to eliminate jobs in 2019 to make do. Meanwhile, National Interest notes that from the same survey, roughly 77% of New York City restaurants have slashed employee hours, 36% said they had to lay off employees, and 90% had to increase prices. Yes, following the minimum wage hike. Well, it's got to come from somewhere, and it's got to go somewhere. And according to New York City Hospitality Alliance director, restaurants and other establishments with less disposable income have been challenged and are all experiencing changes in customer habits. He suggests that state and local governments should try and mitigate the crunch with tax incentives, as well as preserving the so-called tip credit, which allows restaurants to count some or all of an employee's tips towards its minimum wage contributions. In other words, if they get $15 an hour in tips, then they don't have to pay them $15 an hour. That's your pay. Because we can't afford to stay open otherwise, right? Prices have gone up. People are going to stop going out because it's too expensive, and then they're going to go out of business, and just the cycle continues until there's only rich guy restaurants out there. It's happened everywhere else they've tried it. It'll happen there. Many people working in the restaurant industry wanted to work overtime hours, but due to the increase, many restaurants have cut back or totally eliminated any overtime work. $15 an hour. We demand it. We demand it. Now they're out looking for a new job. Fox. U.S. threatens to pull troops from Germany if no increase in NATO defense spending. Good. Good. The U.S. ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell, has suggested the United States should pull thousands of troops if the country does not increase its required NATO defense spending. It's required. It's not. It's part of their agreement, and they haven't been doing it, right? It is actually offensive to assume that the United States taxpayer must continue to pay to have 50,000-plus Americans in Germany. But the Germans get to spend their surplus on domestic programs and, I'm adding this in, illegal immigrants, yeah. right? It's estimated that there are 34,000 American service members stationed in Germany across more than three dozen Army and Air Force bases, as well as 17,000 American civilian support staff. U.S. Ambassador to Poland, Georgette Mosbacher, chimed in on Twitter saying, Poland meets its NATO requirements and would welcome American troops in Poland. Yeah. Sounds like we have an option, and I'll bet you Germany is going to start paying up because they don't want to lose that to Poland, that's for sure. Poland meets its 2% of GDP spending obligation towards NATO. Germany does not. We would welcome American troops in Germany to come to Poland. You all are sitting in these chairs right now paying your tax dollars every year in April to fund what they will not fund in Germany yeah. and all the other crazy things the United States pays for. It doesn't make any difference. They have never funded. That's right. In general, their GDP is down, but it doesn't. It, that doesn't matter. Doodly squat to me or anybody else. It shouldn't because they have never paid what they should pay. If they go bankrupt, they should still pay. We just shouldn't be there. No, we should be there. We need to be there, and there are reasons why we have people overseas. I'm not a libertarian on that at all. We have people overseas because if we didn't, we would not be the United States of America. We would be destroyed. Anyway, we'll go on. Zero hedge. Chase Bank forgives all outstanding credit card debt for Canadian customers. 
You are paying for that. Here we go. Yes, in a shocking move, Chase Bank announced that it was going to be forgiving all outstanding credit card debt from its Canadian customers, according to Yahoo Finance. The bank closed all of its credit card accounts in Canada back in March of 2018. A 24-year-old university student, listen to this, Christine Langlois of Montreal said she hadn't paid the card in five years. It's kind of like I'm being rewarded for my irresponsibility, she said. Well, at least she figured that out. Zero hedge. Does anybody here have Chase Bank? No. I see a couple hands up. You just paid for that, darling. And whoever, whoever, one of you back there, I saw two hands go up. You paid for that. Doesn't that make you angry? I, oh, I got two yeses out of that. I hope it's okay. I called you, darling. You're my sweetheart. Okay. Um, let's see here. We have um, zero, a lot of money problems, right? Zero hedge. Denmark's third largest bank is now paying people to take out a mortgage. Right. Yep. Paying people. They, they've gone into NERP just like they said was coming, has come. Denmark's third largest bank is now offering borrowers mortgages at negative NERP interest rates effectively paying its customers to borrow money for a house purchase. What this means is that if you buy a house for $1 million and pay off your mortgage in full in 10 years, you would pay the bank back only 995000 No mortgage payments would be due between the purchase and payoff date. So effectively, a borrower has only had to repay principal with a small discount guaranteeing that the bank loses money on the loan. Times are changing in the world. This world's going to collapse under the weight of its own self one of these days. From Fox, another violent Chicago weekend leaves five dead, nearly 50 injured. No news on the major news services, except Fox. And then Zero Hedge, yes, they report it, but it's always somewhere way down in the thing. But it's not like when somebody goes in and shoots up 50 people and they have to report it. Same number of people get shot. They just make a big deal out of when it's somewhere else other than Chicago. Zero Hedge, yet another mass shooting leaves six wounded. Mass shooting, one one shooting, six people wounded. Garland Park, Chicago, nobody reported on that. I'm talking about in the big way. They all have it somewhere in there, but they just don't make any deal of it. Got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure out which article this is from. Have you recently checked out your mail? Did it come in a hijabi and veil? Was it sent special D by King Khomeini? Will you read it while sitting in jail? I got a couple ironies here for you. It's called Family Matters. Okay, Family Matters. Mother of two, 27, left her young son in a hot car watching a film on her phone for two hours while she interviewed with child services about her four-day-old baby. Family Matters. And the other one is kind of touching here, Mail Online. Women born in South Korea and adopted by two different Michigan families discover they are sisters on a genealogy website and grew up only 30 minutes apart. Family matters. Isn't that wonderful? Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.